2: My guest, she's on hold. I'm ready to introduce her. My guest is Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. Over her career, Judge Kirk spearheaded the creation of two accountability courts, Juvenile Drug Court and Misdemeanor Mental Health Court. Her mission with magistrate courts to increase accessibility and create a court that informs, engages and empowers our community. It's really important. Putting people first requires a substantial change on how the court functions and Judge Kirk strives to tackle each obstacle. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. How you doing, Judge?
0: I am wonderful. How are you today?
2: <laughs> well, I tell you right now, your energy's up there and I love it. Uh, first of all, <laughs> being a judge, I got to, you, know, I, 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 you know, Judge Joe Brown, uh, Judge Mathis, you know, I I, 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 Judge Maybelline. I've interviewed a lot of judges. They are all celebrities. And the reason I have to ask this question because you are a judge, and people see things on TV. Now, do they come? Right. To, do you have to deal with that television judge atmosphere in your real courtrooms?
0: So I think people would like to believe they get to behave the way people do on TV. They don't. So I think when you say do we have to deal with it right. um we have an opportunity to help people understand that this is not T V and it is real life. So, well maybe not. When maybe
2: you say not. so when you say that meaning that there are people who come in there, I'll quote, acting silly or acting like unprofessional. you have to check them right or you know hit the gavel a couple of times and let them know you're in a real court there are no cameras in this room we if we if if we're gonna say cut we're gonna go to we're gonna go to out that door and go into jail you have to remind periodically but it's not all the time right
0: it is hardly ever but every once in a while people are a little more dramatic than they believe like just real life needs to needs for them to be so yeah you know you deal with we it. like people to be themselves. We also like us to be able to conduct court orderly and in some manner where people get some justice.
2: Now, uh, this is an educational call for me. Okay, I okay okay. You have? Are you? Do you deal with small claims?
0: We do. Okay, Less cool. than fifteen thousand. That's exactly one of our sweet spots.
2: Okay. 15,000 that's pretty 50 that's a that's a real small claims number there. So if somebody got yes, any yes. any judgment against somebody that's up to 15,000 they can come into your court.
0: They absolutely can. They can file in our court. They can represent themselves. We call them self-represented litigants. They can come look at our pamphlets, look at our videos, come talk to our REACH clinic attorney. Who will help navigate them through the process absolutely they can if they cannot afford an attorney we want them to be able to represent themselves
2: so so you're telling me that in small claims you can have an attorney represent you
0: you could if you had yes if you had that kind of money you absolutely <laughs>
2: could <laughs> well i fifteen thousand dollars i think that's that's a that's a number right there that means that you can bring somebody in to talk for you, because that's a big number. I, My court, I'm from Houston, Texas. I think I think when I went into small claims, it stopped at maybe $5,000. You know, that was the most at the oh, time. Yeah. You know, that was, now. so when you say $15,000, I'm going, wow, that's a huge number. And so so you're telling me, Judge, and I'm really getting this, when I heard this clear, because I want anybody, you say you have videotapes of videos that yeah. people can watch, that can help them.
0: So we fight. have, Absolutely. Okay. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Didn't mean to cut you off. We do on our website, magistratefulton.org. We have a section that is called our visual information center. People can find a couple of things on that. They can find um, videos that actually, oh, I guess they're links to videos that tell them what court is about, what's going to happen in that section. And we have pamphlets. So everyone's not a visual learner. Some people need to read it for themselves. We've got pamphlets. And if you get to our website, we have a chat bot that's down at the bottom that will help you navigate our website. We want to make it easy.
2: Well, you know, the thing about it, you know, when you're dealing with law, um, you know, I've had uh, I've had tickets. I've had a couple of tickets where, you know, I I felt I wasn't I shouldn't have not gotten a ticket. Do you deal with those? You know, when you go in and say that, we
0: do not do traffic tickets. So that's no, a different. Court. That's tickets. a different
2: court. And so, so that, I apologize.
0: Yep. Nope, that's fine. It could either be City of Atlanta or whatever the municipality is, traffic court. Right. Um, or it could be a state court citation, but Uh-oh. it's not a
2: Okay, cool. So let's get it down. I gave you this, this title, Chief Judge Magistrate Cassandra Kirk. What does the Magistrate Court do?
0: Absolutely. And so my title is Chief Magistrate Judge. Oh, um, wow. Anyway, Magistrate Court, that's okay. Magistrate Court Let does. Let me change a
2: that right now because I don't, don't want to say that bad again because, you know, you are a judge, okay? <laughs>
0: but i am also a person and i'm good right i'm good with the fact that you got my first name and my last name i know who i am Mm -hmm. so we do criminal as well as civil and i want to talk on our criminal side people might know the first half of what we do kind of criminal i I say that's kind of our triage lane so we do search and arrest warrants 24 7 365 then we do warrants um then we do first appearance six days a week so that's kind of the criminal that everyone knows us for the other parts of criminal that we do are warrant applications where citizens in the state of Georgia can actually come in and say, Hey, I believe that someone has committed a crime against me and I want to apply for a warrant. So this is not the police officers applying for a warrant. This is citizen on citizen applying for a warrant. So we have hearings for those. We also do. Oh, right there. There. Then, oh,
2: judge. Okay. okay. So okay. you're telling me I can go in and say, and, and get somebody arrested apply that's what you so just if said you
0: have some evidence you can absolutely yeah, okay, apply okay, you have okay. to have some basic information okay about what is evidence though what is
2: evidence pictures uh, uh, uh injuries yeah. what is evidence
0: Absolutely. You need to be able to tell us that it happened in the jurisdiction where we sit. So for us, it would be somewhere in Fulton County that you have the individual that it was committed against, that there is a crime that has been committed, um, and you can identify the person that did it. And so if you have those in some sort of form, it can be video, it can be writing, it can be um, testimony of other people. If you've got evidence, we will consider that evidence, make a determination whether there is probable cause to believe that the individual you are accusing actually did that offense. And then we will move forward with a warrant. That means that person may be taken to the jail if it is a fingerprintable offense. So, yes, we do hearings on that. Yeah, probably twice or three times a week.
2: Wow, that sounds I've uh, I've heard of citizen's arrest.
0: Now, that's different, right? So this is not a citizen's arrest. The citizen does not actually ad- arrest the person. What the citizen does is come and file an application for mm. the individual to have a hearing to see if they will be arrested. So the citizen does not have the authority to grab somebody and take them somewhere. That's not what this is. Okay, this well. is a due process hearing where people get noticed. You show up. You can defend yourself or you can at least hear the evidence against you before
2: an arrest warrant is issued. Okay, I I have this question that just came in. What's the difference between filing a warrant and a police report?
0: So a police report, so there's two different things. The police, the citizen warrant application process is citizen on citizen. There are no police officers involved generally. You may be able to bring a police officer as a witness, um, but that's not where, if the police officer is filing it, they are going directly to our electronic warrant system. So that's our... Connection with the police officer, so that's different. The filing of a police report has absolutely nothing is not really headed to us right. It's necessarily maybe something people are doing for their insurance or something, mm. but that's not necessarily coming to us. Mm-hmm. It can come to us as evidence if someone gets it put in correctly, but not ordinarily. like that's not where they come. If it's a police report, it's probably going through the um, electronic warrant through the regular system. Does that make sense? Well, it makes
2: sense because, like I said, uh, the whole world of um, you know the judicial system. Because, uh, you are you are an elected official? You know, because he, he I hear I hear things about. Right. So you are elected official, okay? How does that process work? And let me ask you this: If you're an elected official, how does that how does that you know you, the judicial system? Because you're supposed to be impartial. How does that work, yep. you know, in in being that you're seeking elections or you mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong, but it seems like it seems like the Supreme Court, you know, they're there for life. And so they're put in the position yeah. to not be tainted. Of course, we've heard a lot of rumors about Judge <laughs> Clarence Thomas I'm, and what he's doing. Not, but right, So he may be breaking a lot of rules, but we can't remove him. In your case, you have to get out there and as they say, rally the votes, correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I was appointed in 2014 by Governor Nathan Deal, and that gave me a four-year term. In 2018, I had to actually run for for election. And then in 2022, I had to run for re-election. And you are correct. It is a matter of being in the community and asking for votes, not just asking for votes, but also asking for money, support, endorsements, of the very same people that may come before the court, I obviously cannot make any promises. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but that
2: sounded really funny. You know, yeah. you know, people out there you asking for money. Next thing you know, they sitting in front of your court. Right. Uh, now, that, yeah. has that happened? I've just got to ask that question. Has that happened?
0: So it has not happened to me. I do know that in Georgia, there are certain classes of courts where there are, where the judges are elected. So not all the judges in Georgia are elected. Uh-huh. Our Supreme Court is elected. Our Court of Appeals is elected. Our Superior Court judges are elected. Our Court of, what is it? Our State Court judges are elected. Our Chief Magistrate judges are elected. And then we in turn appoint However many judges our circuit sustains. And so in Fulton, for me, that's 30 judges I get to appoint. Um, municipal court judges are appointed in at city of Atlanta through a retention election. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cities, there's a different formula. So it just really depends on what type of judge you are for the state, but you are correct. Our federal judges are appointed for life up and down the state, up and down the jurisdiction. And so they don't, they, they miss that piece of the fun
2: okay let me ask you this so I got because you got me you got me diving in I came off with a little levity talking about you know I've never interviewed a real judge I've only interviewed celebrity judges and all these things but the reality yeah, is the yeah, court yeah. system is important and it's important to understand yeah. you going in there and getting the right justice that you deserve now during right. covid during covid we all mm-hmm. i I had a couple of cases that got just pushed off just got pushed off and right. then because right. you're delaying justice or delaying relief because i wasn't going to court because yeah. i wanted to go to court i was going to court to try to get a remedy to get money right. to recover how did that impact right. your judicial environment yeah trying to, you know, get people in? Because was it, was you via Zoom all the time? How did that work?
0: So COVID was a unique situation. COVID was probably one of the rare situations where our state Supreme Court, as well as the governor, stepped in and basically said, look, we're in statewide judicial emergency. We are going to ask everyone not to bring people in because court's not something where you can get some, you can get a summons and kind of decide not to come right we send people with guns to bring you if you choose not to come and so that gave everyone an opportunity probably three months to figure out how we were going to be able to come back and so in fulton county and the magistrate court and most of the courts in fulton county what we did was we started having court on zoom we had court on zoom until wow There are, we are still having some courts on Zoom. I can tell you that from January 1, 2019 until I have numbers from October 3rd, 2023, we had over 328,000 cases filed in the Magistrate Court of Fulton County. As of October 3rd, which was a month ago, we had closed 290,000 of those cases. So we have been working in person as well as on Zoom. Those cases that are not hearings, we've been working on Zoom so that we can actually get more of our cases closed and have people continue to be safe. So right now, what we are looking at is whether or not that next wave of COVID is going to cause us to, again, return to all calendars on Zoom. And for me, and I, I just really want to be able to see people when they're in court. I don't really want to see people on the screen. It's hard to judge credibility. It's hard to judge just kind of hard to judge what people are telling you looking at a screen. Right. And so it, it is my desire and my passion that our court have all of our hearings, all trials actually on in person. Um, I think it gives everyone a better sense of what's going on and it lets people truly be heard.
2: Wow. I'm talking to uh, Chief Magistrate. Judge Cassandra Kirk. I got it correct, right, Judge? Because what you're not going to do, <laughs> Judge, did, is come did. look look after we'll me. You McDonald, know. yes, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> when we come back, I, I want to appreciate you. When we come back, I want to hear more about your motto, informs, engages, and empowers. We're speaking to Absolutely. Chief Magistrate Judge Cassandra Kirk, and you're listening to Money-Making Conversation Masterclass, and we'll be right back.
0: You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations,
3: Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald.
2: Jermaine Dupri is a hit maker, songwriter, rapper, entrepreneur, record executive, DJ, and we're always having an opinion about music. But we discuss making mailbox money during the pandemic. COVID hit and
0: that's where the attention went. It went straight to my mailbox. That's what I am. I'm a songwriter that's written songs that goes to the mailbox and picks up <laughs> that, that 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 mailbox check every month or every whatever it comes. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know you know how you don't know how frequent it is, but if you write enough records and you write mm-hmm. enough hit records, that check is definitely there. And it's mm-hmm. another one that comes right after that. And it's another one that comes right after that. And mm-hmm. I think for the first time in my career, this is the first time that I actually paid attention to that because I always was getting money so many multiple places.
2: If you want to hear this full interview with Jermaine Dupree, visit MoneyMakerConversations.com. Keep winning. HBCUs represent black excellence. If you attend or are an alumnus of an HBCU, we want to hear about your story. The My HBCU Story Digital Library will allow current HBCU students and alumni to share their stories. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com. You can upload a photo. The photo can be recent or from when you attended your HBCU. More information is available at hbcucollegeday.com.
3: Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald.
2: On the phone, uh, she's still here. My 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 questions have always been about the reality of the legal system because the legal system, uh, Judge Kirk, always gets a bad rap it also has to deal with what people see on tv where there's law and order and all these different judge shows and all hell and these things so does that and i kind of started off a little bit in the early uh, part of it talking about the you know the court judges the small claims court judges that are popularized it but it's still the 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 judicial system kind of gets plagiarized can i say that word a lot by film and television correct
0: I'd say they make um, comparisons. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Now, does that frustrate you or it doesn't bother you at all? This part of the process?
0: Not at all. Not at all. And so I would say I would hope that it brings in more people to the profession. Yes, ma'am. And I think it makes it kind of accessible for people to say, like, if this person can do this, certainly I can do it. Right. And so I would hope that it brings more people into the profession
2: and the reason I said I brought that up because your mission is to increase accessibility when you use the word accessibility to the court system what is that because let's be real from the minority community the judicial Mm -hmm. system the police system it's always been a red flag that we walk in there we are not I will tell you my good friend my good friend Benjamin Crump he's always told me this Rishon if you sit in the back room of a court you will see two legal systems and one for people of color is not the same as people who are not and that has always been the disturbing motto that has been mm-hmm. in our community of people of color especially african americans yeah. that's something you being an african american judge have to deal with how do you deal with that yeah.
0: So the great way that I deal with that is when I first came, so this court was created in 2013, 2014 by the state legislature. So this court is a brand new court. And so the good thing is that means that I get to set the policy for this court. I get to set how it is we interact with the community. And I have an amazing group of judges that work with me and all believe in giving back. Like that's kind of how you get to be on our bench. It's not that you are a wonderful, fantastic legal mind and many of them are, but it is also that they are connected to the communities that we serve. And so when I first started, I told you about the things that magistrate court is required to do. I talked to you about those case types, but there are the things that magistrate court in Fulton County gets to do so the things where we get to connect to our community we have a misdemeanor mental health court which gives those individuals with misdemeanors an opportunity and that's with other justice agencies with our solicitor with our public defender with our behavioral health, that gives us an opportunity to give those individuals with misdemeanors and that have mental health just a little collateral support so they are not dropped back down on the street hoping that they don't pick up a new charge. We have created a REACH Clinic, Rapid Education Assistance Court Help Clinic. It's a consumer clinic that provides small claims, garnishment, and warrant application assistance for individuals coming in. Because remember, our court is a court where there are a lot of self-represented litigants. I believe people ought to be empowered with information in order to be able to move their cases. So we have a senior staff attorney that helps people navigate. We have law students that are volunteering in that clinic. We are going to open it up to the public to help us just kind of deal with the volume. But that is one of the things. One of the other things we are doing is our Magistrate Court 101. Where we are actually going and bringing our court into the community and teaching with the library system' support, we are teaching in our local libraries about um, sorry about small claims, about garnishment and about our warrant application cases. We have, and we've been working with the Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation to make sure that there is a tenant clinic on site for those individuals that have landlord-tenant matters. The landlord-tenant cases are cases that move in about seven days. You have seven days from the time you are served to file an answer. That's a fast-moving piece of the law, and Atlanta Volunteer Lawyers Foundation has decided to come on site. They've been with us now probably for about five or six years, and they provide that service free, again, a navigation service for individuals. Our court has an intern program. We have always had interns, and we are thankful because we are slightly understaffed, but we do interns, externs, we do high school Um, High school, college, law school, we've got them all. What else do we get to do? We get to do free weddings, right? So we do free weddings um, (laughs) on Valentine's Day. We do free weddings on the holidays, but we also do free weddings every other Thursday. And then there is the joy. We have a new program that is called Bang the Gavel, a court day lunch and learn program, and we have done that starting in March, where we have invited high school students into our court to interact with our judges, to observe court, to have lunch with us. So they get to meet our judges, but they also get to have that spark of, look, if she or he can do it, I can do it too. And so these last two groups that we've had, we just had a group of young men that came, that were with us through the Department of Juvenile Justice. And one of them said, Like once he came up and started doing the mock trial portion of it, he was brilliant. Everybody was just absolutely um, taken aback. And he said, this was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know. I just didn't know if I could keep doing it. And so that was somebody we were able to encourage. And I hope that that is what we will continue doing. So I know that was a long way, but so we do what we are required to do. But I am thankful and grateful that I have judges that want to help us do more judges and staff that want to help us do more than just the basics well you I think know, that's what we well, you, know you know
2: if i ever wondered why you have been re-elected you you told me right there <laughs> you're articulate you have a point of view and that's all important and i think they never yeah. and you have a sense yeah. of humor because in this world that we live in it is such a you know like you brought up covid you know and we and, and a lot of people think covid is gone and covid is is like they've said has been on the rise in this country, not to the level that shut down this country, but it still is a problem. Right. And but you are like, hey, Rashawn, I would prefer not to go into the Zoom world because, in a way, that's right. really not giving the person the fair justice. You know, because it's a little bitty screen. Right. You know, body language, <laughs> all those things that play right. negatively on a little bitty screen because the person is disconnected too, because they're looking at a camera. Exactly. And and, yeah. and can't even really see you. you. Can look at the camera, look over there, see a monitor. So that way of justice is never going to work for anybody. But when you navigate through the yeah. system and you talk about community assistance, let's talk about as we wrap up this interview. You could probably said it: inform, engage, and empower our community. Is it yes, engaging yeah. through information? Is it informing with information? Empowering them through results? What does inform, engage, and empower?
0: So INFORM, the first part of that, is making sure for each of the case types that we have something. And it is mainly our website. The first thing I did when I came on board in 2014 was to create our website. It has gone through several iterations now, thanks to um, grants from the National Center for State Courts. But our website is the first pass for anybody that wants to know what's happening at our court. We have frequently asked questions. We have what this case type is. And, and again, I mentioned the videos, the the visual information center. We have a newsletter that we put out, but it is the the first part is the informing people what it is. And then the engage. We are on social media. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We want to be on those places where people are looking for information. We are there, right? We want to bring our information to people where they are. And then the empower is making sure that people have what they need in order to operate our systems. It is all for us about Exactly that, informing, engaging, and empowering our community. And that is the whole community of Fulton County, North Fulton, South Fulton, East, West, the whole thing. <laughs> we want to make sure that we give everybody what they need. And so I have to say that we also have a really great um, collaboration. We have Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who basically um, supports our, like pays for lunch for our Bang the Gavel kids. That's right. something that his show does. We've got other community people that say, hey, how can I help? We had Partnership for Community, um, Partnership for community, ah, PSE, um, Nathaniel Smith's group that provided us a place to hold um, weddings this time. We've had um, Ali Event Center that has provided us space for holding weddings on Valentine's Day. Wow, and wow. so like when the community says, hey, I've got space. You come there. It, it, may, it means a lot for us. To be Judge Kirk,
2: I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're fantastic, and your pronounce a pronunciation of how this community can work for us all—people of color, African American people, people who are not a people of color. This this court is for the people, and I want to appreciate you is. for educating me, having fun with me, and also with my little levity moments. And important, most importantly, you know, keep doing what you're doing and don't change. It's important. It
0: is. It's my honor to join you. Thank you for having me.
2: And welcoming you. And we'll definitely be back because I need education and my audience needs to hear your voice. <laughs> Keep winning, okay? This is Rushan McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Bye-bye.
3: Let me tell you about the host of Money Making Conversations, Rushan McDonald. Rushan's a two-time Emmy Award winner, three-time NAACP Image Award winner, sitcom writer, stand-up comic, and former IBM executive. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Roshan McDonald is produced by 3815 Media Inc. More information about 3815 Media Inc is available at 3815media.com. And always remember to lead with your gifts.
1: Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale.